All right, we back. Another episode of No Pump Fakes. What's up? What's up, man? How, how we doing? Talk to me. We got, uh, it's, it's getting closer and closer to playoff time. We got less than a month left. Less than, I think, what, 10 games left? Or maybe even less? Woo, it's getting, getting spooky it's getting for scary. Some, getting spooky for a lot of teams. I'm not it's even going to hold, I'm not, I'm not even going to. I'm not even gonna hold you though, this like before we get started, like I'm just looking at like some of these teams in the West. They don't even deserve to, to make the play in. Like the whole the whole concept of like the play in should be like, yo, Adam Silver needs to fix that. Because if the seven and eight seeds and the six seeds are ten and twelve games above the ninth and the tenth seeds in the Western Conference, it's just like, what are we doing here? Like that's that's that kind of gets ridiculous. Like if you can really like hand it to the playoffs and you're ten games above the knife and attempt seed that you could possibly lose. That's insane. Like, come on, Theus. That's, hey, man, rating, ratings. We got, we got to have the playing games now. That means more people that, watching the, 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 the television that's, screen. That's, so, that's crazy, though. That's that's insane. That's, hey, it is what it crazy. is. You did, you did play that's the cards that you dealt. You played the cards that you dealt. Um, it's going to be scary, though. Some teams won't even be in the play Some teams will be watching from the crib. Um, but it's going to be interesting, though. I, I will say that, hopefully. You know, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, right. I, I, I had a lot of expectations get shattered this season, but it is what it is. Hopefully, we get some sort of uh, good, good basketball around that time. It's, it really is crazy. It's less than a month, though. It's yeah. warm out. You know, what I'm saying that is a sign. It's March Madness. We are pushing the Sweet Sixteen. All right, um, but yeah, man. There's a uh, speaking of speaking of that. What? Somebody's team. Somebody's team got clipped real early. All right. <laughs> somebody's team got clipped real early. <laughs> That's crazy. All that hooting and hollering all year. Yeah, man. Shout, shout out to my UConn guys, man. It, it, it got nasty. Um, I'm still a little upset. Um, yeah. we, we let someone decide to score 37 points in the first round. Losing to a, to a 12 seed is um, highly unacceptable. But um, you live to find another day. Um, unfortunately, you know, we weren't able to win the conference or get out the first round of, of, of the NCAA tournament. But... Um, hey, we we've had better days. A lot of a lot of uh, colleges yeah, aren't right. able to say the same. A lot of colleges aren't able to say the same. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> what, what college is that? Let, let's well, let's say the name. UNC. UNC. So, thou our fan. That's cute. Sweet six, 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 sweet sixteen, baby. Can <laughs> I ask cute. you some? I mean, I know I know this is usually uh, NBA heavily um, yeah. dominated podcast, but just to bring your attention to some, um, yeah. has your university ever won? Um, a championship in, with both men's and women's in the same year. I'm just curious. I, don't, I may, maybe they have. I, I just haven't. You know. No, but my but I I can mm. say one thing. I can say one thing. Like my women's team is not <laughs> better overall than my men's team. So I, <laughs> I'll roll with that. I'll well, roll. I'll roll with. I'll roll with that because when we think of UConn, when I think of UConn basketball, I don't think of the men's. I think of the women. So I mean, that's it is fine. what it is. That's fine. That, it is what it is. It is. That's fine. It is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> it is, what okay. it is. okay. The is other side of our program has four national championships. Oh, damn. They must hey. be doing awful. <laughs> what hey. are we doing here? I'm just letting you know. What are we doing here? What are we doing? I'm just letting you know. Like, when we think of UConn basketball, we do not think of the the guys we think of the girls and come, that's come. special shout out shout out to the women you feel shout me out that to is that is UConn completely Huskies. completely fine with me I am a UConn probably Husky gonna, fan probably gonna get another one this year hopefully hey let ho, hey <laughs> hey hopefully the men ain't get it hopefully. done so let let's yeah. hope you know the the women's team get it done um but yeah so we we got some news today I'm gonna start off um uh, with Jamal Crawford um officially announcing um that he's retiring from the game of basketball um his contributions to the game have been crazy. Um, you know, top five handles uh, of all time, of course. Um, one of the greatest six men um, to ever play the game and lace him up. Um, talk to me too about um, your your thoughts on his overall announcement um, for retirement, his overall contributions to the game. Um, and I and I know if I had to guess that you're a big fan of Jamal Crawford just because of the overall eye test. But you let me know. I don't want to speak Definitely, for that, you, but yes, <laughs> go, go ahead. You you overall, let me know the overall, the overall eye test. Yes, one of the, one of the coldest hoopers in the game. Um, Jamal Crawford, got three, four 50-point performances. I think leads to the NBA in history with four-point plays. Like, this guy was special. Probably a top five NBA handle ever. Probably arguably the greatest six-man in NBA history. In my eyes, Hall of Fame. Simple as that. That's how I feel. That's how I'm coming. Hall, Hall of Fame player. Like, people, people don't understand, like, yo, Jamal Crawford could have been, like, a star on a lot of teams. We, it's crazy because we had that whole segment about talking about like role player and like superstar role player. And when you think of guys that, yo, played the six man role that probably could have been the second or third option on a championship caliber team, 
That's how I feel about Jamal Crawford. That's why I said, like, he's arguably a, a Hall of Famer. Mm. Yeah, I'm with it. Um, I think when you look at the overall resume, um, and just to even speaking on the eye test, like, you know, I think he made it cool to hoop the way he was, right? Like, a lot of players yeah. had to be conformed to a certain system, but when you watch Jamal, it was like he was actually having fun, right? It wasn't, and it seemed like it was just necessarily a job or he was doing it for, 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 for work, whatever. It looked like he was actually having fun. Um, and even, too, to be one of the best players ever to come off the bench and truly accept that role, right? Yeah. Um, and embrace it. A lot of players can't do that, regardless of how good they are. I think that takes a certain level um of pride and humility, right? To be able to say, all right, I'm still going to dominate um, coming off the bench. And to win it as many times as he's did, that's, you know, something, something special in his own right. Um, I, I think, too, though, it would have been dope to kind of see him, um, you know, compete, obviously, for a championship, but as well as playing an all-star game. Um, but it's, it's one of those situations where it's like, if you know, you know. Um, and also, too, the age at what he was yeah. doing it at. You know what I'm saying? Like, we talking about pushing 40, still giving out 50 burgers. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's something that... Um, we really, really may not ever see again. So, um, definitely shout out to Jamal Crawford, man. Yeah, big, big a, shout I, out. I think he, I think he has an argument. I, I think he's a hall. Of, he's a hall of famer in my eyes. But I think we, can, he has a real shot to make the hall of fame. Like, I think he's like eighth all time in threes made in NBA history. Like, yo, he was, he was special. He was pure, pure game, pure score, handle ability. You know, quick first step off the dribble, like lightning quick to get to the rim. Like, he was, he was different. I think people need to realize that this brother was like. He was special. Like, I think people get caught up in like, oh, the all-star game, this and that, the MVPs and the accolades. Like sometimes like guys are blessed to be in a situation where they can receive those awards. But sometimes guys have to take, you know, a lesser role to kind of like showcase their talent and ability because of things that may have happened earlier on in their career and this and that. Like, and that happens. You know, the NBA is all about accepting your role and thriving in your role. And for 20 years, Jamal Crawford was probably the best damn player in his role. So like Special, special player, special talent. Um, happy he's retiring. Uh, for him, his sake, uh, he wants to retire, or whatever. But he probably could, <laughs> probably could still play. You know, you never know. Like, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm about to say it. <laughs> I, you know, what I, I'm saying I, like, I don't think there's four, what, four fifty players that are better than Jamal Crawford. But again, no. um, I won't say this is a, a politics kind of thing because I mean he is kind of up there in age. Shout out to him, Definitely. but yeah, um, it, it's still um just a testament to to kind of see him hoop, um, and everything that again like he's he's done for the game. No. And it's actually fun to watch too. Like, like I said, it's not mm. like you know, you watch a certain player dominate. It's like, okay, cool. We know, you know, he's about to do this. But then it's an actual show. You feel yeah. me? When you watch and play, especially. And I want to shout out to 2K too. Like using Jamal Crawford on 2K with the Clippers. Them Clippers days were fantastic. Yeah. It, it was almost as if like you know, Nick Nick's days too. <laughs> oh wow! Shout out! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah Nick's yeah, days yeah, too. Yeah. Huh? You know. Yeah. Unsung hero like Jamal. Jamal was special. He played on a lot of lot of teams, but he was special. He was he was box office. Like he he did an excellent job of blending like the street ball element into the NBA game, and that's what I'm always going to remember with Jamal Crawford. And then especially you watch him like over summer in the programs and stuff like that, like where he really got to get busy. Like yo, like this brother's really like cold. And to see him do what he you know kind of did in the programs and then bring that to the NBA, it was like yo, this brother is special. Like I said, blending that street ball element. Like guys like Stefan Marbury and Steve Francis and you know those type of guys like they've done a they he probably was the best at doing that you know so shout out to Jamal Crawford definitely absolutely and, and can we can we do um some real quick can we uh can we have a six man appreciation conversation conversation real quick um yeah. so obviously Jamal Crawford right we, we we talked about him and his overall retirement his time with the Hawks and Clippers and um, Knicks even um but also Lou Will yeah right also Lou Will. Um, all world bucket getter. If there's one thing, and it's funny too, when we talk about these types of six men, it's like if you, if there's one thing that you know for a fact that they're going to do, mm-hmm. let's put the ball in the hoop, right? Everything mm-hmm. else, all right, whatever. whatever. But you know, <laughs> if Lou Williams was stepping out on that court, he was going to score, and it yeah. really, really was that simple. So, um, yeah, we got it's a lot. It's a lot of guys. Um, oh, for Manu sure. Gino- Manu Ginobili, another guy that could have been probably the second or third best player in the championship caliber. I would have loved to see Manu Ginobili on his own team. Get busy because Mano was smooth. He was he was real smooth, and it was just kind of like trade off the dribble, you know, slashing ability, get to the rim, passing ability. Like he was he was tough. He was tough, and Mano's going to Hall of Fame. So who else? We of got of course Lefty Way. We got the Jet. 
Jason, Jason Terry. Terry. Jason Terry. Cause <laughs> havoc in them finals. <laughs> Cause havoc. <laughs> Cause right, havoc. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying, yeah, if, yeah. We, if we go, you know, appreciate it, we got to talk about true, their true. best moments. You feel me? True, true, true. I mentioned when he, you know, got dunked on in Boston. I'm just yeah, talking yeah, about when, got, you know what I'm saying? He got active in the finals. Of, yeah, who else? Who else? NBA champ Kevin McHale. Another guy. <laughs> How he, OG legend, OG six man that people don't people don't talk about. Like helped them Boston Celtics team win championships. He took a took a lesser role, but still was very impactful. Like that's what I'm saying. We look at guys like Kevin McHale, Manu Ginobili, those guys. Like yo, having taking that role and being still a thrive like a taking that role and still being a, a essential part of that team or those championship caliber teams is very special because like you take a back seat, but you do it for your team, but you still like. Or value, you know, you still like they don't win those championships without managing over. They don't win those championships without Kevin McHale. So that's that's very special to see as well. Well, if we're naming NBA champions when it comes to six men, um, I have to say this name as well. Um, J.R. Smith, NBA champion. Hmm. Um, shout out to J.R. Those you know those Denver days as well as the New York days. Um, very very special, exciting times. Um, and it, I, I think how about them Nuggets days. <sighs> Very special. I, th- I yeah. tell you, man, that, that Nuggets team was so, it? Uh, so JR, talented. AI, Melo, Kmart, Camby. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, that was special. <laughs> Come on. You want to talk about one of the most favorite teams in league history? Come on. JR, Come JR. On. It's, it's, it's crazy because JR Smith will get you the most electrifying 14 to 15 points a game a night <laughs> like he would do he would do he would do some shit like you'd be like god damn he's like he, he's so talented like he's so gifted he's so special but it was like very like electric like those 14 15 points was always like damn on them nuggets teams like yo he's he's different my favorite one is like the alley you <laughs> reverse dunk like yeah, yo, yeah 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 i'm yeah, like yeah. yo that's this brother was special it was it was serious endeavor my favorite was the, the super talent of him in uh denver i think uh, he called uh, Gary Neal. It was a yeah. full court and then said, hey. And it was like, wow, this is what we're yeah. doing. This yeah, is that's what an, we're doing. And that's, an, and, that's another, and that's another player that we talk about, like, accepting his role because, like, he was so super talented with the Denver Nuggets and stuff like that. But then, like, later on in his career, he became, like, a, a marksman. You know what I'm saying? Just a straight-up three-point sniper. So it just goes to show you that, like, in the NBA, you can be one of the best and most talented players in the world, but you still may have to accept the role. And that's something these young kids need to figure out as well. You go to high school, you go to college as well. If you're lucky to play overseas or you're lucky to make it to the NBA, like, yo, the league and these higher level, whereas college or overseas and NBA, it's all about accepting your role. So that's something that you can look at some of these great six men and they kind of did a, a phenomenal job doing that. Yeah, you're not always going to be the best player on your team, right? Yeah. I think it's important to make adjustments in this league. Like if you go to, you know, playing with a certain team and now you playing with Bron, right? We talk about winning the chip. That that's an adjustment. And another yeah. thing too about JR's story, coming straight from high school. You yeah. feel me? Like that that's another thing. Like everybody, you know, in the NBA has been the best player on the team in high school. Right. Mm-hmm. Some for most times it's the same situation um for college as well. But when you come in mm-hmm. straight from high school, that just shows you one how real you are. And to last that long, yeah. right? Obviously everyone talks about Kobe, T Mac, you know, guys that you know, um for sure, Hall of Famers to come out of high school, but like Jamal Crawford. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you talking about straight up dudes and like Jr. that can really hoop, like straight out of high school. He's he's in that combo, and there's very yeah. few guys who like I feel could be in the three point competition at some point in their career, as well as the dunk contest. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jr. Man, slam favorite. You already know, but shout, shout out to Jr. Smith, man. Another. 2K favorite. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> yeah. people, people talk about them Denver teams, but that Knicks, they was, I used to get busy on 2K with the Knicks and JR and Melo yeah. and Iman yeah. Shumper. Like mm-hmm. I used to get, I used to get busy. Like it was, it was special times with that Knicks. Everybody know, I don't know what, what year that 2K was. Was it 2000, maybe 2K? Uh, oh, don't, maybe? Don't, don't date yourself. You know, now maybe, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's been a while. But yeah, but yeah that, that Pacers team that they played, I think with, uh, what, what PG, and Roy, I know a lot of Knicks fans probably think to themselves like that could have been either the year mm. or that series where it's like, all right, this could have yeah. been the time where we really could have got busy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But but again, that just shows you, man. Like sometimes in this league, you got to take advantage of that window, right? Mm-hmm. You got to take advantage of the fact that hey, even though it might look good for the future and stuff, we got to take care of business now because you really don't know. You know what I'm saying? 
Um, but yeah, who else? Who else? Uh, six men. Dale Carey. <laughs> Dale Shout Carey. A- a- educate the young folks. <laughs> three three point sniper. <laughs> man, you just get busy, catch and shoot. Marksman, like <laughs> people, let's talk about it. Let's say it's some we when people talk about like six men, we we think of the common guys, but like it's some old OGs that used to get busy and accepted a role. And it was like I said, we talk about Kevin McHale and stuff, but like Dale Carey's another one. Like he didn't have like the, the championships of sex and stuff like some of these other players like Manu and, and McHale, but it's just like he was a guy that was like that car he carved out his own lane by becoming a six man. So Yeah. Sports fans, listen up. Check out our official daily fantasy partner prize picks. All of your users will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 if you use a code NPF. So you put in $100 and it will give you $100 to use. You can select the over-under on your favorite hoopers and stack the odds. Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market and is available in over 25 states. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think too, though, like being that spark off bench right can literally be a game changer and an overall franchise changer it's like you know a lot of you know teams nowadays are top heavy in terms of like all right we have the duo we have the trio and this is our guys but to have someone that can come off the bench and just straight up produce especially against another team's second unit you know you pretty much in a way unstoppable um but yeah i I think that was good we didn't miss anyone on on six men did we 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 kind of checked this off especially nobody especially nobody current no, nah, we got we got the checklist. We got the checklist. Okay, I think okay, that's pretty pretty good. Let's appreciate you. appreciate six man. We we of course we no gave, doubt. We gave our we gave our flowers. We gave for our flowers. sure. Um. So yeah, speaking of six men, um, someone who has never been a six man a day in his life, um, LeBron James. Shout out shout out to LeBron James, um, now second all time in regular season points. And I, and I gotta ask this question: first all time in playoff points. Yes, sir. Yeah. And we know, obviously, Special. what LeBron has, has done over his career. No need to go over the resume. It's extensive at this point. But now I think a question that can be asked and should have been asked maybe even a while back. Yes. A, <laughs> let me ask the question. Yeah, you got to answer, answer. And is this, LeBron and it, James this is live. We don't score of all time? We don't be prepping this either. Uh, no. Does he, does he have a case? Does LeBron James have a case? No. To be made that he's the greatest scorer of all time. No. He doesn't. Okay. Are you saying that just because scoring may not be his best attribute? I'm not saying someone I'm, who's second all time. Of course. Of course. And I and I and it's crazy. It's crazy that we talk about this because I'm just, just saying. A, I just made a post about like people trying to minimize LeBron James' greatness. You know, when they talk about, oh, he's an all-around player and stuff like that, but he's not a pure scorer. But it's just like, damn, LeBron James, okay, he's not a pure scorer, but damn, he's second all-time when we talk about scoring. He's first all-time when we talk about in the playoffs. So it's just kind of like, that's where things get dicey when people try to minimize his greatness or diminish his greatness. Of course, I'm not doing that. But when we talk about just strictly scoring the ball, it's more so of like, how are you scoring as well? Because it's just like, can you can you score in like a variety of ways? I feel like LeBron James is best having that all around game where he can score in a magnitude of ways. When we talk about like overall, like just scoring, like when we talk about like just the pureness, talk about the skill set, talk about like the advanced difficulty of like how certain guys just score and operate and just natural born scores. LeBron James is not necessarily that. So when we talk about the greatest scorer of all time, that's when we start looking at like Michael Jordan. That's when we start looking at Kobe being Bryant. That's when we can even start looking at like Kevin Durant. Now, I think that's a better argument. Like is Kevin Durant really a better scorer than LeBron James? I think that's a better like debate and conversation because like, you know, we can get active on that really more so than like having to say like is LeBron James the greatest scorer of all time. Now to me personally, LeBron is, top five because I don't think you cannot have LeBron James outside of the top five and he's first all time in playoff points and he's about to be when, when he retires the number one active <laughs> score in NBA history in the regular season you know what I'm saying so I it's it's hard for me to leave a guy like that 
off the top five list when we talk about greatest scores of all time. Now, is he like a, a God tier score? No. Is he like a pure score? No. But like putting the ball in the hoop is putting the ball in the hoop. And it makes people uncomfortable because like, yo, this brother can put the ball in the hoop with the best of the best. And he can still give you 10,000 rebounds and 10,000 assists. Which is crazy. But I think, too, so, so I think we have to really dive into like the, the actual question itself and the definition of all this. So like a lot of people feel like the, the bag part, right? Like does LeBron have a bag? Are there other players not named Kevin Durant or Stephen Curry that have a larger bag or a bigger bag than LeBron James? And I think a lot of oohs and ahs and, and highlights from a straight up handles perspective make people tend to forget what it means to actually score the basketball. Right, yeah. putting the ball in the hoop is scoring. That's what it is. Literally, yeah. that that's what it means to score. Yeah. Put the ball in the hoop. So everything else that you might see is cool, but if they're not scoring at the same rate and at the same clip, you know, what I'm saying we have to acknowledge that part. And also, too, I think it comes down to like, are you judging a score by his literal ability to score the ball, or his ability to score the ball in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. Because being a versatile scorer and being able to score in different ways is, is, isn't the same as just being a scorer. Because if that's the case, right, we could put Wilt Chamberlain in this conversation. Of course. Right? Would, would you consider Wilt Chamberlain the greatest scorer of all time? Someone no. that scores 100 points in one game. I don't give a damn if, you know what I'm saying, who is his competition, 100 points is 100 points, right? That's would fair. you consider Steph Curry? you know, one of the uh, greatest scorers of all time who can score no. from 40 feet away, right? Mm-hmm. But but you see why I'm asking this though, right? Yeah, it's, I know. I see, why, you, I see why you're asking. You know, I see what, I de- no, I, I, I definitely see why you're asking it. I don't feel like LeBron James is a better scorer than Stephen Curry. I'll take that. I'll argue with that any day of the week. But it's just like people are going to look at Stephen Curry's bag and the way he scores and his 30 and 40 foot bombs are going to be like, yo, like he got a better bag than LeBron James. He got a better bag than LeBron James. He got a better overall shot than LeBron James, but he's not a better scorer. You know what I'm saying? Why, he's, he's, why, why are you saying that, though? And, because, I, and I literally just want to know. Why am I saying Because LeBron James can just do things that Stephen Curry can't do. The only thing that Stephen Curry really can do better than LeBron James from a scoring attribute is shooting threes and having to clean off the dribble. And it's just like, get into the rim slashing ability? No. Like, operating the post? No. Like, really, like, being an elite three-level scorer compared to, like, all right, we look at Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry doesn't really take mid-range. Even getting to the rim is kind of like, all right, he can get to the rim. He's effective doing that. But like, if you talk about overall three-level package, you probably want LeBron James over Stephen Curry. So it's just like, and also like, one is going to get way harder shots, have to get way harder shots all the time compared to the other. Because LeBron James, like I said, when we talk about LeBron James prime, like it was special. Like getting to the rim, first step, unstoppable. So it's just like, when you talk about all that, it's just like, yeah, one guy is more skilled, but that doesn't make him the automatic better scorer. So that's what, and that's what it comes down to when people talk about the bag and this and the bag and that and the pure scores and stuff like that. All right, cool. Like there's so many guys that are, are, have a better bag and more of a pure score. That does not make them a better overall scorer or better player than somebody else. You know, we look, we can look at Giannis right now. Giannis getting 30 and 12 every single night. It's just like, he's racking up, he's racking up shit. And then people are going to sit up and say that Giannis is not like a scorer. Okay, he's not like a scorer like we think of a Devin Booker or a Zach Levine. But goddamn, like, let's but like, see. No, I, I I can't get with that statement. If you can average thirty, you're a scorer. Well, I get what I get what people yeah. mean, but people got to do better with their vocabulary. That's really what it comes down to. You can't sit here and say that someone is not a great scorer, but he's on the verge of leading the league in scoring. That doesn't make any sense. Well, like, accumulating, you know, like the accu- bag, accumulating points, yeah. But uh, some guys are easier to, it's easy for them to accumulate points. And I feel like like Giannis and Luka and LeBron James and stuff like that. But I'm not, when we talk about like scoring at every level, I feel like, can you be tamed? Can you be stopped? And there's certain guys that are all-time great scorers that had no weaknesses. So when we talk about putting certain guys like, oh, he's a great scorer, or LeBron James, he's the best scorer of all time. No, because it's like certain things that LeBron James like had to overcome to be like this all-time great scores. Certain things, Kobe ain't have to overcome. Kevin Durant ain't have to overcome. Michael Jordan didn't have to overcome. And it's just like certain things, and that, and that matters. So we talk about in the playoffs, like it was a time where you could scheme for LeBron James. And I've always been like the, the person that, that loves to say like, yo, like the whole concept, like LeBron James, like, you know, he can't shoot and this and that. That was like very like 
exaggerated. You know what I'm saying? Because I could pull up a clip in his second year where he's dropping 51 points on mainly jump shots. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, but was his, but was his game like, was his like game like predicated on like, yo, his jumper first? No, it's more getting to the rim. You see what I'm saying? But Kobe, it's everything. Michael Jordan, it's everything. Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, it's everything. I don't know about that one. With the Michael for, for Jordan. Who? Michael what Jordan do we mean? Everything. What do you mean? The, the three point shot. Yeah, but that, I mean, he was he averaged like thirty two percent of his his I, career. I, I, Michael I know, Jordan got like a, a he got like a a, a nine point three point performance like in the finals, and he played okay, in an era where it was okay, a shooting you're, you're, threes. Now, okay, come you're on, picking now. out. You're like, picking out. No, I'm not picking out. Game. I'm just saying. No, I'm not picking out. I'm just saying, though, it's just kind of like, if we're going to compare eras, we got to talk about everything because, like, yo, the syllabus say that Michael Jordan played in an era where, you know, the three-point lines came during that time and then, like, most guys were just taking three-point shots. But it's just like, we've seen Michael Jordan, like, hit three-point shots, like, when it matters most and be very successful doing it. So I can't really, because people love to say the same thing about Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant has shot 33% for his career and stuff like that. Kobe Bryant can shoot the damn three. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't get caught up in these field goal percentage and stuff like that and then talk about like oh when we talk about scoring those guys like I don't think Michael Jordan I don't think Kobe Bryant or Kevin Durant like had really any weaknesses when we talk about scoring well, and, and see that's it if we're pointing out something right if we're looking for something that's like okay here's the one thing that this player might not have you know be on the resume or checklist checked off for me Mike would be shooting Kevin Durant is probably the only one who I could say three point shooting yeah three point shooting not Mitty, of course. God, no. <laughs> but three-point shooting. I mean, come on. I know, you feel me? He I might will, be I to, I goal, to, but... I would point to Arrow in that, though. I think that's well, regardless of the reason, error. regardless of the reason, it still wasn't there just at the same rate as... Especially if we talk about KD and Kobe. Like, there's... Yeah. Come on. There, there's, there's definitely some sort of gap there. And that doesn't mean that Mike was the worst shooter of all time, but I'm just also not about to... Ignore that. That was a part of a part of the his whole game. Obviously, he dominated the six chips and all that. But if if you were to bring up weaknesses, that you know be the one thing I point to. Everything else, good luck. <laughs> Mike, but Mike, and you say that and you say that and then but Michael Jordan's probably a better scorer than Kevin Durant though. So that's what I'm saying. I'm it, fine it's, with that. It gets dicey. Like people talk about like oh weakness. Don't. It's like certain certain three guys is just kind of like you put them in a basketball court. They're gonna score no matter what. And they have, that's why I said they really have no weaknesses. You could point to like, oh, you rather have Michael Jordan take the three-point shot, but it's like, all right, damn, like well, it's still Mike. You know I what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say there's no weaknesses for Mike, but there's still no way to stop him if that makes sense. It's like, I know, right, that it's probably best to force him left. But if I can't do it, then it doesn't matter. And that, that's still shot. considered a weakness. Still, all right, if I could sit here and say, all right, Giannis's weakness is that he can't shoot threes. And the game plan is to not let him shoot threes. But he doesn't shoot threes, and he still gets 30, then it don't matter what the weakness is if you can't stop him, right? And so the same thing with, with, with Mike, whether, you know, it's the weakness, all right, he can't go left or he can't shoot threes. If you can't stop him, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like Kevin Durant, I really don't think <laughs> offensively has any, like nothing, like there's nothing that you can draw or write out and say, you know what, this is the thing we're going to do to stop Kevin Durant. Nothing feel, at all. I don't know I feel, if there's a... I feel the same way about Kobe and, and Mike. I really do. I, it's hard for me because I can, like I said, I think you can have an argument about Kevin Durant and LeBron James because, like, LeBron James has always been a more – people talk about Kevin Durant being an efficient scorer, but, like, LeBron has been very efficient his entire career scoring the basketball as well. So it's just kind of like – and has more, like, career, like, high performances than Kevin Durant as well. So I, I just feel like – it's always it's like you you you're trying to find something to you know these guys are so damn great. You, it's it's hard you like looking oh, at course, this and looking at course, that. Of course, but it, and the, the only the only reason why I'm doing that though is because of the gentleman that we're talking about, right? Like yeah. if, if I was talking about LeBron versus you know someone 15th on the list, I wouldn't even entertain mm -hmm. it. But if we talk about KD, Kobe, and Michael, it there's got to be something, even if it's just a a small comparison. There got to be some. Okay, yeah. if, if we ranking yeah. them or if we talk about it, it yeah, but hey, that's what's yeah. I'm I'm just saying it's it's. I look at certain guys that like, at certain guys is like those three. Hardly any. I don't know. I just put them on the court. I think they're gonna they're gonna be all right because their game of is predicated on, uh, predicated, on, predicated on scoring and skill set first. And that's another thing we talk about like all time scores. It's just like, what is your game predicated on? Like you, we can talk about Giannis. Giannis can get you thirty and twelve, but like you talking about like oh he gets you thirty and twelve, but it's just like in the playoffs. I've seen Giannis kind of like struggle. You know, that's what people are going to talk about LeBron James. In the, in the playoffs, we've seen, like, you know, teams game plan for LeBron James. He's overcome a lot of stuff. Like, he's 
got more way more playoff successes than you know failures of course but it's just like but in the playoffs I've, nobody nobody was stopping Mike game plan or not nobody was stopping Kevin Durant game plan or not nobody stopping Kobe Bryant game plan or not like they may stop themselves if they missing like shots that they normally make but that's about it you know what I'm saying like I don't think I don't think teams were actually like defensively game planning and really having success stopping Kobe, stopping Kevin Durant, and stopping Michael Jordan. I seen them stop themselves by missing easy shots, by you know taking difficult shots and that and stuff like that, and kind of like those shots not going in. That they're even though like they're accustomed to making those difficult shots because like you look at you look at Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant probably get fouled every time he touches the damn basketball. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're in his airspace that much, and it doesn't really get called because he's such a effective scorer, effective shooter, and he's so tall, he shoots over defenders. So, yeah. I don't know. It's, 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 it's levels. But LeBron's yeah. top five for me, though, for sure. Of course, of course. And I would say one thing, too, about Michael and Bron is that they definitely made adjustments. Like, with Mike, obviously, with the series he had against the Pistons, getting his strength and stuff like that, because obviously that's a huge part of it, right? The mental toll of it, too, as, as well as the physical. Yeah. So there was an adjustment for improvement. Same thing with Bron. I mean, you mentioned the lack of shooting that Bron had to deal with from critics and stuff on the outside early on in, in his career. But another thing that people talked about was the lack of post-up, right? Yeah. Like, we see it now. It's there now, but it wasn't always like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And to reach this point in his career, I think people are seeing, especially the younger generation, Right, we're seeing like grown, grown man Bron, right? Pushing two decades of Bron. So now versus younger Bron when he was with Miami and even Cleveland, it was true, true athleticism, right? It was true, true combination of at of peak athleticism and skill. And it's still like that now. Like, don't get me wrong. But like it was scary early yeah. on to the point where like, okay, once Braun figured out like who he really, really was, like obviously again, he was number one overall pick, came out of high school, we all knew what he was capable of, but one, you could just tell that there was a switch, right? That there was like, yo, I'm him. Like yeah. there's nobody else like even remotely close to me, right? Like it was one thing for him to be viewed that way at an early age. Cause okay, he's just better than everyone else his age. Right, we may not put him in the certain category just yet, but once he realized what type of time he was on, it it was different. Right, you go back to the Miami Heat days, you can just kind of tell that. Like, all right, in eight dog, <laughs> eight straight finals is nasty. <laughs> like, mm. man, we talk about certain records that may not ever be touched. Yeah, eight straight finals. Like, it is challenging to get to two straight. Yeah. To and go to different teams, come on, man. Yeah, and it, you know me, I'm all about I'm all about scoring, and I'm all about guys putting the ball in the hoop. But it's just because LeBron was different. I think that's why the, and LeBron feels slight about it. He can he comes out and talks about it like, yo, how come people don't talk about him being this to, when it comes to scoring? They talk about this and that, but look, he's he's you know people confuse the the most important aspect in the game. I always say is putting the ball in the damn basketball hoop. That's what that's what the game is about. Can you put the ball in the basketball hoop? And I feel like LeBron James does that exceptionally well, but it's just like it's people like don't want to give him enough credit because like, yo, he's not a pure scorer. He's not a score for he doesn't have the score first mentality, but it's just like best scorer has always been the best player. Like it's LeBron James has been the best scorer. <laughs> he's been the best player. Kevin Durant, best score, best player. Michael Jordan, best score, best player. Kobe Bryant, best score, best player. So it's just kind of like he has every right to feel like, yo, stop just talking about my all around game. Like, talk about I'm one of the best scorers ever. You know what I'm saying? Because best score leads means that you're normally the best player. And that's just how Kareem, best score, best player. Like, we historically, we got too many guys. We got too many guys that have had, like, you know, we can really say this about it. Maybe Kareem is a stretch, but still. No, I was about to say, because it's funny, Loki, we didn't even, even, even uh, mention Kareem. But um, yeah. longevity plays a factor um, for him as well. It's officially that time of the year again. It's March Madness, and I am Tate Fraser of the Titus and Tate Podcast, and I'm here to tell you about the world of Five Star, a six-part narrative podcast series about the best basketball camp you've never heard of. It was literally seven days of you're not going to sleep much, the food sucks, it's hot as hell, and you're running a camp. You ready for this? Outside? What? This is the story of Howard Garfinkel, 
and how his five-star basketball camp built the greatest players and the greatest coaches in the game today. One of those coaches is in his final NCAA tournament, Coach K of the Duke Blue Devils, and this is how he became the superstar coach that we know and love today. Take advantage of these last two days because being here is something special. This is the world of Five Star. Come along for the journey as we explain all the legends and leaders of March and how they came to be at one basketball camp in the summertime. So go download and subscribe to the World of Five Star wherever you get your podcast today. Um, but yeah, so um, we talk about LeBron, obviously, you know, um, reaching this record and milestone, but being on um, multiple teams. But now two guys out there that have stayed with one team are, uh, have just been announced that they'll be out for the rest of the regular season. Um, we got Damian Lillard and Zion Williamson, two players who are on franchises that I know you love dearly. <laughs> um, so let's, let's get our, get active with, uh, Nola first, right? Let, let, let's talk about Zion and the Pelicans. What, what does that mean that, uh, you know, Zion is officially out for, uh, likely to be out for the rest of the regular season. It means they're a playing team. They may get in the playing. They may not get in the playing. I don't think Zion coming back healthy was really going to change that because you know, you guys got to get chemistry, get their chemistry right. Guys got to get their, you know, in NBA game shape right. So I don't think it would have really done much. I think it's smart for Newark and Pelicans like just wait and then like say, you know, come back fresh next year. I think Zion should be excited though. Like he has a lot of talent. Like he may. All these rumors and stuff about does he want to be there? Nobody gives a damn about that. Like you got Brandon Ingram, you got CJ McCollum. Like you're like you're less than 24 years old. Like what is he? 22? I don't even know how old he is. He's still a baby. It's crazy, right? But, you know what I'm saying? So it's just kind of like you you're blessed. You're blessed to be in a very great situation compared to other young guys because some young guys ain't got Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum, you know, to go to war with. So come back, get healthy, get right. Yeah, man. I know Ja would, would enjoy having CJ and Brandon. If Ja had Brandon Ingram, it may, we may be talking about the Memphis Grizzlies going to the finals. And he, he, ain't, got, he, ain't, got the, he ain't got Brandon Ingram, and people are still talking about the Memphis Grizzlies going to the finals. Not me, of course, but like, it's people that feel, it's people that feel that way. That's tough. <laughs> it's, it's people that feel that way. Hey, I mean, if you win in games, it only makes sense for you to put you, you know what I'm saying, in the conversation of you possibly winning. Or yeah. going to the finals. I'm not mad at it. Um, but it sucks. So, I mean, for Zion's sake, I mean, obviously, um, health will always be a huge factor, especially for someone that young. Um, I hope him and the, and the Pelicans can um, continue to work it out. Um, and, 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 and to your point, work too, he's young, right? So, like, it's not like he's on the verge. Now, the other guy that we're getting ready to talk about in a minute may not be so young, but I think for Zion's sake, it's just like, you know, Patience really can be a virtue in some of these types of situations, especially at that age. You know, like it's it's not to a point where, all right, you look around left to your left and your right. And it's like, damn, I've been here for 10 years. We still ain't did shit. I mean, there's there's still some things I think the future can be very bright. Um, I'm still a believer in that um, B.I. and Zion can can do some great things on the court as well as, you know, with the addition of C.J. McCollum. Um, but I mean, hey, and, and they start off the season kind of wacky. Um and so if they can, you know, obviously make the play-in game or the play-in tournament, who knows what could happen? Well, in situations like that, all it takes is one game. Um, and who knows if, if they do win play-in, let's say who they, you know, decide to play or um, end up playing in the first round. Who knows? Might end up playing your favorite team, the Jazz. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, 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 I mean, I have no problem with that. Hopefully Zion can get back healthy and... We can see him flourish because he's the brother special. I think people are kind of like giving up on him a little bit too fast. And it, it kind of makes me a little uncomfortable because it's just like, damn, this, this kid was just <laughs> dropping 26 per, points per game, shooting 60% from the field. I know he had his lower, you know, foot injuries and stuff like that, you know, lower body injuries and stuff like that. But like, yo, let's pump the brakes. So people are calling him a bus and this and that. Like people need to slow the hell down. It's just like, let me remind you, like, Ben Simmons missed a year. Joe and B missed two and a half years. Look at Joe and B right now. Like sometimes it happens. Sometimes it's worth like sitting out, getting your body right, 
so you can have a longer career, so you can extend your career, you know what I'm saying, and not playing through injuries until you're 100% healthy. And we know that Zion Williamson is not just a phenomenal basketball player, he's a phenomenal brand. Like, he has so much going for him. Like, yo, he is... He has a, a Jordan shoe. Like he has market all the marketability stuff. Like it's 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 not just like yo. People love to talk about like the NBA and they they run this and stuff like that. When you talk about players on the roster, no, it's like yeah, they 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 have a say. But you know who else has a say? These damn endorsement sponsorships and deals that they have. Like Jordan has a say when he comes back on the court. Like Gator has a say when he comes back on the court. Like yo, it's a lot of money that. They're giving to Zion Williamson. They just don't want to have him come on the court and not be right. So let's let's slow it down, folks. When we start talking about bust, because you're gonna look like an ass when he comes back and he's dropping thirty and thirty and seven and four a game, shooting sixty percent from the field on your favorite team too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Hey, and it's funny too. A lot of people call him a bust, but I guarantee you, most teams out there would love to have Zion Williamson on their team. Yeah. Yeah, that's why people. Come that's why people. That's why people, people love the drama. People love the. Oh, he wants to get out of New Orleans. You damn right. People love that because if if they get any like sense of like, yo, he's unhappy. He wants out. Or if he comes out and says he wants out, like, you know how many teams gonna be knocking <laughs> to try to get him because he's worth that risk. He's worth the risk at the end of the day. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you think about like a lot of the young guys in the league. You know what I'm saying? In comparison to, and I mean, obviously, I know the injuries and stuff, and the, the you know the not making the playoffs and all that is one thing, but at the same time, you kind of you still see greatness, right? You still see potential in Zion. This is not just a, oh, you know, he had a couple of games where he did I right. no, like he he's not going anywhere. So you just get used to that. Get um, healthy. Yeah, that's that's really what it comes down to. Just get healthy. Yeah, you can um, make you can make this one next short. Go ahead, talk about your Blazers. Um, Dame is out. Dame hey, been hey, out. Hey, they just oh, announced it. He, yeah, he, he, he been officially. out. They just announced it officially. He's been out. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Portland Trail Blazers. Congrats, Dame. Hope y'all get high draft picks. Y'all will have two first round draft picks in this upcoming 2022 NBA draft. Let's see what you do with them, because you ain't gonna train them. Uh, that's what I want to know. What Dame trade him, him or them? Trade the picks or trade Dame? trade trade the picks. That's what I want to see. Like if Dame talks about like he believes he can win like with the the Portland Trailblazers and they feel like that they can win with Dame. Like trade the picks. You know how many teams will be coming knocking for like two first round picks? Trade them. But see, no. If I'm Dame, I still want to get traded. Because then it comes down to okay. What does that ultimately do? Does that make your team better instantly? Sure. No, no absolutely. No, what the picks? Yeah. No, I'm I saying like if you, so, if, you yeah. if you trade or I mean if you trade the picks yeah. right for a well-established player right now. Star, yeah. Yeah, it, you get better, but depending on who the player is, yeah. Are you winning a championship? Yeah. Well, not 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 everybody's goal is to win a championship. And it needs to be dames. He said he said I mean he he wants to win a championship with Portland, but it just it seems like it's just a disconnect because Portland's that's not their goal. Their goal is not to win a championship. So I don't know why he says like he wants to win a championship with Portland. He wants to do it his way. I get that he wants to do it his way, but Portland's goal is not to win a championship. Their goal is to use you, Dame, and to put you know fans in the stadiums. That's their goal. Keep keep being a first round exit. That's their goal. That's been their goal. <laughs> That's been. Their, they should have been. They should have been trying to trade a CJ McCollum. Everybody knew they needed a wing. They needed a wing three years ago. Still ain't getting nobody. They <laughs> they traded for Norman Powell. And they got rid of them, worth for, for nothing. So they they they're not trying to win. This is a restart. Dame is, is in a rebuild. He may not want to accept it. He may not want to hear it. But I don't know because Dame says a lot of stuff to me. But to be honest, like Dame is very comfortable. You know, he talks about he he wants to like win a championship in Portland Trail. He's very comfortable because if anybody that wants to really like win a championship at this stage of their career, you you know you it's not Portland. You know what you need to do. So it is what it is. That's tough. It is what it is. I mean, I, I, I can't even sit here and, and, you know, disagree with you. I mean, it, it's one of those situations where it's like, all right, what's next? Right? Like, well, what exactly, you know, are you trying to do? Um, the money, you know, secure the bag. I ain't never going to be mad at that. But, like, yeah, it's about the money. You, know, you can't, you know, the winning of the championships. And it's clear. You made a good point. It's clear that. Now, I won't say that they, Dame, and the Trailblazers aren't on the same page, but, like, you can't sit here and say with a straight face that the Trailblazers aren't trying to win a championship. You cannot sit and, and, and 
believe and, that and, and you can't you know, and you can't and they on the same place they 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 know what they do they on the same page and Dame can't sit and tell the world that he feels like he he can win a championship with the Portland Trailblazers the ship is sailed well I, but the thing is I, you know Dame wants to win a championship in addition yeah. to getting paid like it ain't I don't like to your again to your point who knows if the Trailblazers actually want like they'll say it of course you ain't Dame, you know, I'm gonna be honest bro Dame's priority is not winning a championship he can tell y'all that lie he can talk about the, his his priority is not winning the championship, and that's fine. Like it's the safe face. Dame is about his bag. He's about his multi million dollar deal with the Adidas. He's about his about his multi million dollar extension. He's about to give the Portland Trailblazers. His goal is not to win a championship. His goal is to be one of those guys that like everybody's gonna love and people are gonna talk about this. Under had an underrated career and won the all time greats. And then you're gonna look back at it and you're gonna be like, well, like, did he go to the Western Conference Finals? Does he have an all-NBA first team? Does he have an MVP? Does he have a scoring title? And you start looking back, it's like, yeah, he was very underrated, but it's just like, why did he stay with the Portland Trailblazers? And that's, and, you know, that's, and that's, how it's, that's what it is, bro. Like, people, people, people can sell you stuff. Like, the, the political correct thing is like, yeah, I want to win a championship with the Portland Trailblazers. That's what I want, and that's what I want to be the guy and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you know it, I know it, the NBA knows it. Like, how can you sit up and really? I would feel uncomfortable coming out and say that I, my goal is to win an NBA championship with the Portland Trailblazers after ten years of nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? After ten years of nothing, it's not like they've been close. It's not like this is a James Harden situation with James Harden knocking on the damn door and gets fed. You know what I'm saying? He got fed up, and he had like moments where he was almost there. Dame has never had any moments that he's almost been there. So the fact that you're gonna sit up and say that, oh, my goal is to win a championship with the Portland Trailblazers? No, it's not. And I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of the games. Like, I'm tired. Of, I told you I don't want to talk about the Portland Trailblazers until hey, next I, year, I, bro. I, I, I don't want to talk about. Up. I don't want to talk about Dame until next year because it's really like frustrating because he'll come out and we'll hear these reports and this and that that goes on. It's just like damn. Like yo, I love Dame. Respect him as a player. He's a phenomenal talent, four level scorer, a rare breed in the NBA. But like, bro, like you're not trying to win a championship. You're trying to get your bag, and that's cool. You're trying to get your stats, and that's cool. And that's what you're gonna remember, be remembered by an all time great talent, underrated. That probably spent way too many years in Portland. It is what it is. In fact, that, that's really what it is, too. It's like, it is what it is. You kind of accept it. I mean, you can't go back and change anything. But no. you wish you could have, though. Right? I, I think, I feel like it's a big, slightly similar situation to KG. Yeah. Um, you know, with the yeah. Timberwolves. And, like, you know, he left, got him a ring. You know, yeah. he might have had a team up with other, you know, players, all the famers. But guess what? He just got his jersey, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, retired by that same organization that he that went one, to. That one ring stamped him so much, and I was, it's crazy because yeah. he went to Boston, and he did it in his first year with the big three, with the Celtics. And not only that, that was kind of like the last year of his true prime. You know what I'm saying? You really look at back in those – that was the last year of, of Kevin Garnett's true prime. It is, it's crazy to think about, like, yo, we talk about, like, Kevin Garnett, like, guarding wings, like, handle the ball – you know, probably arguably the most skilled power forward of all time. I still think it's, you know, other guys above him, but like he's still in that category, like phenomenal defender, crazy mid-range game. And it's just like his last year at his prime, he went, he finally like, yo, got fed up and went to the Boston Celtics and won a championship. And it's crazy because it's like, I just hope for Dame's sake, Portland honors like, it doesn't get into a situation where it's just like, they give him this contract, and then Dane realized, like, yo, well, I don't think he's going to realize that because I feel like they're on the same page. But it's just like, we know what happens. If, he, if he's not the same him because he had a lot of injuries and stuff, like wear and tear, carrying that damn franchise on his back for years, catches up with you. If he comes back, he's not healthy and he's not, and he's not showing, like, producing. And he's not like this guard that's like James Harden, who James Harden is kind of like showing, like, okay, James Harden may not be what we are accustomed to seeing. But like James Harden is still going to be effective later on in his 30s because of his passing ability, his way, his ability to run the offense and show. We don't see that same like stuff from Dame when we talk yeah. about like running yeah. the show. Like he's a scoring first point guard. Like he puts the ball in the hoop. And if you can't do that like you used to do, you're going to have to hit the drawing board. And then the Blazers may look around like, damn, we're playing them a lot of money. You know, we're we trying to rebuild. And it's just like, then it may get like a very, very toxic relationship. I hope it's not true. But we seen we seen it happen with stars. So, ah, uh, yeah, we have. And I mean, if look, if he ends up, that's the crazy thing too. If Dame decides to leave, no one is going to get mad at him. 
Nice. No one is gonna. I mean, outside of PDX, right? Outside of Portland, no one is gonna be I confused. Think, I, don't, I don't even think Portland would get mad at them. No, they they probably will. <laughs> especially with the especially, it's not just because of the fact that you know he's been there so long. Some of it is probably because he said he doesn't want to leave. Some of it is because like, all right, you know, you you've grown so attached. Like he hasn't voiced frustrations. Right, he, he has hasn't a little bit, a little bit played. Play well, yeah, it. yeah, but like it's, it's you know, yeah, that's just yeah, yeah. a little bit. He ain't it's, came it's, out. It, it's he a dab. He ain't came out and say I want to be traded. So that's what I'm saying. He, I want to leave. You come out and say that, then all right, well, be gone. But it's like the connection um, is definitely there. So um, it's no, it's no, know, it's it's no, it's nobody. They're gonna have two first round draft picks. Hopefully, they get the number one overall pick. Maybe they get a Jabari Smith or something or Pablo. Who knows? No that one knows. They probably banged on the other day uh, though. No, no, no one them. They probably, you know, with their with their history in selecting draft picks, they'll probably pick check <laughs> over those two. Um, <laughs> whoever get, yeah. if Portland get, <laughs> you know, hey, if, Portland get, if Portland get the first pick, whoever get the second pick should be happy as hell. Yeah, because that cause means not, luck is in not, your favor. Because they're probably not gonna pick the best player in the draft. That's all I'm saying. Um, no, I got you. It is what it is. Yeah, this was this. You know. Um, Go ahead. I'm saying no more free Dame shirts. I don't want to hear none of that bullshit. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> it is what it is at this point. But yeah, yeah. Um, couple housekeeping items before we slide. Of course, you already know. Um, five star rating on um, wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Make sure you subscribe. All right, on YouTube, no pump fakes everywhere. All right. And last but not least, before we let y'all go, I got a quick shout out to make. All right, shout out to the Bloomfield High School Warhawks for getting that Connecticut State Championship, baby. Amai, you did a shout-out on, on, a, on, a, on a 314. Shout-out to St. Louis. All right, but today, I got a <laughs> shout-out to home team, man. I got a shout-out to home team. I, w- I went out to Mohegan Sun and see them boys get out and get that dub. They, they, they rep the town proud, man. So shout-out to the 06-002 Bloomfield High School Warhawks on getting that state championship, man. And just like that, we gone, y'all. Peace.